This episode is brought to you by Cobury Digital. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneur Rush. I'm Emil Mikkelsen. And I'm Thomas Chev. Today, we'll be talking about Amazon. Uh, Amazon has been growing exponentially over the last years, and more and more people are taking to Amazon uh, as you know, third-party vendors and are selling their products there. And today, we'll be talking a bit about should you be on Amazon, when should you be on Amazon, and uh, whether this varies from country to country, uh, by industry, and depending on how you're selling your product and running your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is a super interesting one because obviously consumers have, you know, they, they've spoken. They want to be on Amazon. They, they want to shop on Amazon. They want to be a part of Amazon. And that very naturally makes people think, okay, I should be taking my business to Amazon as well. And, and there's a lot of reasons to consider that, but there are also reasons not to consider that. There are also pitfalls, things to be, you know, aware of, things to consider because it's a big decision. And as you go onto Amazon, you are letting go of some of the control, right? So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenging one. I mean, let's dive right into it, Emil. Uh, what is what are the some of the biggest reasons you should consider selling on Amazon? You know, you have a you have a small business. You're selling a product. Uh, let's say you don't even have a website yet, right? You have a product that you want to sell. Do you go on Amazon or do you create a web shop? Right. So it comes down to a few things. The, the advantage of going on Amazon is, first of all, that you have a very reliable platform. You have a platform that works. You have a platform that people trust in. This trust is really, really important, especially in countries like the U.S., where the consumer trust is very low, right? People are afraid if they're actually shopping with a vendor they can trust. In working with Amazon, you automatically get some sort of a, a stamp here that gives you a certain qualification, and that does mean increased trust, and that does mean it's easier to sell. Additionally, being on Amazon gives you this reliable platform in terms of shopping works very well. They continuously optimize their purchasing flows. You have access to a lot of different things, such as having them handle all of your shipping. So, right, it's, it's really an out-of-the-box concept that works really well. It gets you started really well. And in that regard, it's very well something you might want to consider. Totally agree, Emil. Uh, and back to the, you know, the trust factor here, that some of the that's one of the biggest factors, uh, especially when you're starting out, that a lot of people don't know about when they first get started with e-commerce, right? It's a question of, this is a website, this is someone who's telling me they'll give me a product if I give them money, but I, you know, there's no way to actually be sure about that, especially in countries where this kind of fraud is, uh, is, more, is, is more prevalent, or in countries where you know, e-commerce businesses are not as common, um, or, or, or not as prevalent. Uh, for example, in Germany too, right? Uh, most people purchase their products online through Amazon and other large retailers rather than smaller e-commerce shops, which is the case in Denmark. Yeah, it's really interesting because there's another element of the trust factor because we're seeing, you know, you could have your own web shop and have reviews and you could create some sort of element of trust. But the way it works through Amazon is just different. There's a different level of reliability to it. First of all, people know that Amazon screen the people that become vendors on their site, so they're already approving you. But further, when people review you on Amazon, you can start looking at which other reviews has this person posted. And you can see, are these reviews actually legitimate? Is this negative review maybe you know going a bit too far? Is that person generally very negative? So you can just do more research, and it's a lot easier to have that element of trust in place. Well, on top of that, right, it's not just, let's say you have a vendor who's fraudulent on Amazon. Amazon customer service is known to be very good, right? If you catch a seller who's fraudulent, you contact Amazon and Amazon, you know, handles the refund, handles the whole process. Whereas if you, you, you know, if you end up buying something from a fraudulent seller through a normal web shop, you're, it's 
it's on you, right? You're on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is, you, you talked briefly about how Amazon is stronger in some countries than others. So for instance, in Scandinavia, we haven't seen Amazon rice yet. You can shop through the German vendors. And I know it just came to Sweden, actually, but it's not really big here. It's not really in control. We have a lot of uh, our own big players and we have a lot of smaller e-commerce sites. And I think one of the reasons for this is especially the level of trust that exists in Scandinavia. I mean, we have platforms such as Trustpilot, which handles reviews and ensures that people are trustworthy. We also have things called e-market and different things, which is different certificates that sort of solve the same thing that Amazon does. It's an external party you can purchase access to and you have to live up to a series of requirements and you can then place their certificate on the website and if you have this certificate it means that customers are covered up to a certain extent right so they're protected if you don't live up to your product guarantees if you don't live up to the requirement you're saying so so this sort of creates this element of trust and it's, it's expensive to get it so it's really difficult if you're just starting out uh, but it does become easier and it's the reason that amazon perhaps is not as prevalent here as it is in the u.s germany etc yeah. So number one, right, the trust factor, credibility, reliability, and just overall consumer protection and safety. Uh, moving on from that, what's the next, you know, let's say you have the possibility of creating a website that is incredibly trustworthy, uh, that, you know, that is insured in some way uh, where, you know, you add your trust pilot or your Google or Facebook reviews. What's next? What else do you consider? You also want to consider your long-term strategy because being on Amazon in many cases is not a long-term strategy and there are exceptions to this, but if you have your own brand, if it's something you want to grow long-term, you really want to have access to your own data. And by being on Amazon, that's not the case. They own all of your data. We've even heard stories of Amazon copying certain products that are doing really well on the platform. But even beyond that, you're not in control of your data. So running advertising to support and grow your brand is very difficult. Now, this doesn't matter just as much if you have a generic product that people search for because Amazon certainly has the traffic it needs to run your business and scale it. But if people don't go on Amazon and specifically search for your product or if people are not searching for your product on Google and then being led on to Amazon, right? Say you have a product that's not very common, something new and unique or something that people just don't search for that much. Well, then you're not really getting that element of, of marketing from Amazon. You have their trustworthiness. You have their out-of-box product that works well, but you're not tapping into their traffic and you don't have the data to run advertising that will really create that. So, you know, if you have a product where their searches, consider it. If you have a product, you know, maybe that's uh, part of a cycle, something you don't want to do long-term. So say you're really good at spotting trends and you bought the fidget spinner early or you're buying certain things that are already attractive, already exist on Amazon, but you realize you can sell it cheaper or you can provide it in different ways. By all means, go on Amazon. But if you're more long-term and if you want to run your own data, uh, if you want to you know, create your own environment, then you will be severely limited by Amazon, whether or not they actually end up copying your product. I mean, in the end, Amazon is a relatively search-based platform, right? It relies on people going to the platform, searching for a product, and then looking at a list of results and choosing the product they like. And if you're selling a product that you know there's too much competition on, there is a possibility of you working your way up the uh, up the results and you know showing up first there is a possibility for you to advertise on the platform in order to uh, to show up first as well however if no one is searching for your product because it hasn't been branded yet because it's something completely new and innovative that people don't know they need yet then amazon is going to be really difficult for you 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's a vicious circle because Amazon, like Facebook, has a very strong algorithm as well. It's really good at recommending certain products. Say you search for something and it knows consumers typically also buy this product and that way you can get promotion. But the issue is if you don't have that initial traffic, you don't get those initial purchases and the algorithm has nothing to work on. And since everything is in the hands of Amazon, if they can't work on your behalf and you can't, who's going to? Exactly. Yeah. Now, moving forward from that, though, let's say you do have, you know, you have a long-term strategy, you have a product that is relatively innovative that people aren't searching for yet, but you don't have the warehouse uh, or you don't have the capabilities of shipping, warehouse storage, and so on. That's all something that Amazon would cover for you at a fee, of course, but at a much lower fee than it might cost you to do it yourself not even counting the amount of time you'd have to invest in order to set all of this up. Yeah, and that's certainly a reasonable consideration. I actually think one of the strengths of Amazon is that they're not really charging too much in those aspects. It's actually quite reasonable for a smaller company in terms of what you could find yourself. This is especially the case in Germany and in the US where shipping is very expensive. I mean, in in a place like Denmark, it's so easy to get these agreements set up, but it's really not uh, in the US, for instance. So there, that's definitely a consideration. Again, that's when the long-term element comes in. I understand that you have a liquidity question, right? Will you even get to the long-term if you can't get started? But it's something you want to consider. Would it make more sense for you to bootstrap or in some other way start up slowly and find the capital? And if not, if that's not a solution, if you need to get started here now, well, then maybe you need that warehouse capability they're offering. And it's not that you cannot run ads to promote Amazon, right? You can run successful Facebook ads and lead them to Amazon. I mean, that's a a core thing you should be doing regardless of whether or not there are searches. It's just there are risks to it that people are not considering. And a lot of people go on Amazon, not because they had to, but because they thought they had to. And I think that's really what we want to focus on here today is, do you have to go on Amazon? Is it really necessary? Because if there's no necessity, if you don't really feel like you can fully tap into everything they have to offer, you're just going to get a lot more from creating your own shop, which you can tailor your own brand. You know, you can optimize the flow. You can adjust things. I mean, for instance, Amazon has amazing optimization for sales, right? They have a ton of data, but They make a generic optimization. They treat every brand the same because they cannot have a different purchasing flow depending on the specific vendor. If it's your own store, you can adjust to the kind of customers you have. You know, which user group do they fall into? How do they react? What do they need? Do they care about reviews or is that not a big thing for them? Amazon's going to treat them all the same. Exactly. I think that element of customization, of being able to segment to your audience is just much easier, obviously, in a web shop than it is on Amazon. On Amazon, there are some things you can do. You know, there are different descriptions you can write, different images you can use, different media in general you can use in order to advertise your product depending on uh, depending on your uh, market segment. But like you said, all these technical aspects, this whole customization uh, that's possible on the web shop is not possible on Amazon to the same extent. I mean, we do have Amazon stores now, right? Where you uh, where you design your own store, you're able to include your own uh, include your own product categories and so on. But at the end of the day, it's still going through uh, through Amazon's API. It's going through Amazon's API, and there are very strong limitations to this, right? I would compare it to people that build their own website in some very limited theme. Like, yeah, you have options. You know, as usually, you have three different things you can check. Exactly. But but at the end of the day, right? It's their checkout flow. It's their overarching algorithms. It's really them that are in control, and they're not considering your specific brand logically, as they shouldn't be. They're considering their own profits, and so that's a difficulty. Another thing that I think is 
really interesting about Amazon is whether or not you place their faith in them, because it's really a, ma a matter of faith, right? Do you think that they will be around forever? Do you think that they can continue providing the things they're providing now? Because they're in control, as we've been talking about. And say you end up building a very strong brand and everything's working on Amazon. I mean, if something changes in their regulations, if something changes in the way that they respond to customers or they respond to your opportunities as a store owner, you're going to be impacted. It's similar to when we tell people, you know, your Facebook marketing might be working great, but it's just a matter of time before things could change. And now we see iOS 14 coming and Facebook is going to be heavily impacted. Whereas people that diversified their marketing, people that also went on to other platforms, they're not going to be impacted the same way. And that's something you want to consider as well. On that kind of topic, right? Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up earlier already. What's the, what's the idea behind you don't necessarily have to only be on Amazon or only have your own web, uh, web shop, right? There is the possibility of mixing and combining the two of both selling your products through Amazon and selling your products on your own web shop. Yeah, and this is a very interesting one and one that perhaps makes sense for more people. And that's also the possibility, by the way, on this topic to start with Amazon and transition away from it. You know, you have to be wary of Amazon maybe copying what you're doing if you're exploding on there. But in a reasonable case, right, most people aren't, uh, they're not interested in taking over your business. So you could start up and then transition or you could be in both places. I think that's a lot more feasible because it gives you some control and the people that don't care about that element of customization, the people that just love Amazon, they obviously don't care that the purchasing flow is the same. In fact, they prioritize that, right? They're used to that flow. They're used to the setup of Amazon. And so in this case, being on Amazon, running their design is an advantage. And then you have people that want customization that will go through your personal channels. So there are a lot of advantages to that. You still only have a certain amount of data, right? So it does make your advertising more expensive than if you ran everything through your own uh, control, because say you're running Facebook ads to Amazon plus Facebook ads to your own website. Well, you can't really optimize your Facebook ads that are landing on Amazon very well because you don't know how they're converting. You could set up discount codes and manually do it, but Facebook doesn't get that data because it's in the control of Amazon. So they can't optimize your ads in the same way. Whereas if you're running your own brand, you will consistently be able to pre improve these ads, whether it, by the way, is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or completely different channels. So there are advantages to splitting it or to starting one place and going to the other, but you have to be aware that data has a huge value in today's marketing world and that data is gone. More than just the data, but also, you know, uh, the data also obviously influences this as well. Uh, and now I want to bring up a client that we had uh, a while back. Uh, and, you know, we can't reveal too much, obviously. But basically, this client had uh, had part of his part of his store on Amazon and the other part off of Amazon. Uh, so he was selling the same product both on Amazon and off of Amazon and was wondering how to transition to only selling on his own website in order uh, so that he owned all the data, right? So that he had all that branding because the difficulty he found or we found together was that a lot of the people who purchased through Amazon, they only knew him as an Amazon vendor. They did not actually remember the name of the company or, uh, you know, believe in that branding. They did not see the uh, the whole brand, brand identity uh, in the same way you do if you traverse the whole customer journey uh, on, a, on someone's web shop, through their email flow, through Facebook ads, and so on. How do, you, how do you kind of change that mentality so that people are aware of you as a brand, even though you're selling on Amazon? Right. And, and that's going to be the difficulty on Amazon. I mean, you can do this by obviously diversifying your marketing, right? So you can 
push a lot of the people that get onto Amazon so that they will also see you on Facebook, et cetera, and then they will remember your storytelling. They will engage with your brand and your social media profiles. But it is a challenge. And I think on this topic, it's also really interesting to consider, you know, as for the downsides, if you're on Amazon for a while and you decide to go elsewhere, some people might, as you've said, not remember you. Some people might be going on Amazon to look for you a lot of these customers will be lost. I mean, your core customers might go back to Google and search for you, but you will lose some because people aren't used to shopping through your website and they might not even realize you exist beyond Amazon. So therefore, it can be very hard to make this transition later when you decide you want to scale and take it into your own hands. I think another you know, difficulty of Amazon is not just that Amazon can copy your product. It's that if you're not a brand, but a product, Everyone can copy your product. You know, you have access to information on Amazon, who's selling well, who's doing well. Other vendors could simply say, oh, this is going really, really well. I want to copy this product. If you had your own website and you have more of a brand and people buy into what you are and why you do what you do rather than entirely your product and what it does, it's a lot harder to copy. And that's why we see first movers frequently do well or second movers that have this brand and loya- uh, loyalty from their customers. Exactly. I mean, if you have your own web shop, if you have people, you know, fully invested in purchasing your product from your website through your email newsletter, uh, through through Facebook ads and so on, they're comfortable with who you are, right? They're not going to go or getting them from your website to your competitor's website is going to be much more difficult than it is on Amazon where they've purchase this product before, they're going to go on, search for the product name, and there's two results, you and your competitor. Now, whether they click on you or your competitor is up to the, you know, obviously the SEO on that platform to see who result, who ranks first, but to a certain extent, also, you know, price, how the images look, and then all of a sudden, it's much easier to, to steal a client or a customer, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes back to the question of, of long-term strategy. You know, what are you trying to achieve? What kind of company are you? Because At the end of the day, Amazon is great for some and less so for others. I mean, I think you can make it simple like that. If your brand revolves around loyalty, retention, I mean, for instance, there's a reason we don't see subscription businesses on Amazon, right? There's a reason this is not being implemented. It's not that Amazon doesn't know how to add that feature. Is well, that they even they even have a subscription feature for their own feature, right? They're actually amazing at it. So the point is, it's just not what Amazon is built for as a third-party vendor. It's for selling generic goods or selling goods where you can compete on price, selling goods where you know people are actively searching for your product. It's not going to be great for building your own brand. And there are exceptions to every rule, but these exceptions, you know, the people that are succeeding with brand building on Amazon, I guarantee you they could have done the same with their own platform and they could have had a stronger brand. So use Amazon if you need their trustworthiness, if you need their out-of-box functionalities, and if there's already an interest for your product, or if perhaps you can compete with the competition on there. If you're simply cheaper or you have more variants of the products or new models or you think you can beat them on those aspects. But if you want to be a brand, if you want people to love you for the stories that you tell and for the experiences they have, not entirely because of the product, you know, perhaps you're a bit more expensive than the competition. Perhaps you sell more of, you know, guidance, et cetera, and this is what makes you popular. Well, then you need your own platform. You need to have a strong social media presence. You need to have your own website and, you know, you need to build that brand. So at the end of the day, it sounds like what it comes down to is what we were talking at the beginning, uh, what we were talking about at the beginning as well, right? long-term strategy if your if if the whole uh, business vision i guess is something that is long lasting something that builds up uh, customer retention that has a brand identity and some form of customer loyalty well then amazon is really not the right place to be 
Absolutely. And again, of course, there are exceptions here. One that I think that is worth mentioning is that by brand loyalty, we mean, you know, loyalty to the specific brand, the concept, right? Not loyalty in the sense that people like this store because it provides very good prices and it delivers fast, etc. Because that loyalty you can build, right? You do have big vendors on Amazon that constantly have a bunch of generic goods that people need or that can always provide products at a cheaper price. So in that regard, you can be long-term on Amazon and you can have loyalty. But if you're building something that's unique or if you're doing something that's not just competing on those functionalities then you don't want to be an Amazon. Unless, of course, it's, it's, a, it's a necessity for you to get started because you simply cannot afford these functionalities, right? Then maybe you can consider being on there and then later on uh, make an exit. And I think a final consideration for Amazon is if you're looking to expand to other markets because here it becomes really interesting. Say that your primary business is in Scandinavia, but you want to get onto the American market. I mean, that is very, very difficult to do. But through Amazon, you have access to a bunch of resources and maybe you're not able to do the same things. You know, maybe you can't create the same brand loyalty, etc. But you would be able to sell consistently a smaller amount on Amazon. Perhaps people already know a bit about your product from Scandinavia or perhaps it's just something that people want, but they don't have access to. But you're not ready to fully commit to the country. Perhaps you never want to fully commit, but, you know, you would like to have a presence there. In this case, Amazon provides an amazing example as well. I think that about covers it then. Uh what are kind of the main takeaways then? What's, what should people walk away from this, uh, from this podcast with? That although Amazon is getting bigger and bigger and it's on everyone's mind and a part of pretty much every conversation e-commerce, you shouldn't consider it the only platform for you. You know, it, there's advantages, there's disadvantages. It's not for everyone and it's certainly not as amazing for vendors as it is for consumers because on the consumer side of things it's brilliant and that's a lot of the fame that it gets so just remember that right remember that you don't translate your personal love for amazon into your business love for amazon because those are two very different things and the platform does indeed limit you a lot in terms of customization of data and long-term ability but it also provides a lot of things you know in terms of trustworthiness out-of-the-box solutions traffic etc so balance the two of them consider what makes sense for your company and, you know, just don't fall in the pitfall that because you love it personally or because consumers love it, you have to love it as a business. There are exceptions and there are certainly a lot of people that don't want to shop on Amazon as well. All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will now see Amazon from different angles and realize that there are amazing things through Amazon, but there are also downsides. And there's a lot of considerations to make when you decide whether or not you should be selling on there. And now's the time to share and subscribe.